Welcome to the Productivity Mastery Podcast, presented to you by myself, Stoyan Yankov, productivity and performance coach, keynote and TEDx speaker, and co-author of the Perform Methodology, and the book, Perform, The Unsexy Truth About Startup Success. Join me on a journey to discover what some of the world's leading professionals do to be more productive, create peak performing teams, and build successful global companies. New episodes weekly. And now, enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Productivity Mastery in the summer of 2022. What a better way to start this new season, season number three, episode 117. 117 episodes uh, for Let's a little go. bit more than a couple of years. And I have uh, the perfect guy for starting the new season with, <laughs> I, I think, probably the most bearded guy we ever had on the podcast. I hey, think so. I'm, I'm cool with that. I mean, so I have a twin brother and his nickname is the Bearded Bear. My nickname is Grizzly Bear. Um, and there's a reason that the company logo is a bear. There's a whole story behind it. But hey, you know, just be lucky. Like this summer, um, I donated 12 inches to charity. So I cut 12 and had inches off so like i had like the full flow man otherwise i would probably have been the hairiest person on your podcast ever uh, and, and on, top, on top of uh, my guest on top of being a, a very hairy person as you can imagine he's also the author of the book the social soul yeah. i'm 50 percent into the book and i gotta say it's a short book but it's a super practical uh book about how why is it important to build a personal brand? And heck, how can you actually build a brand by focusing on relationships and giving value up front, but also not being afraid, afraid to ask for, for value as well? Uh, so it's a really, really cool book. I think uh, I already have a few strategies that I highlighted myself that I would like to, to try out. Um, so thank you so much, Rob, for, for writing this book, first of all. Tell me about the book. Before before we hear about your story, I want to know about the, the book. Why did you decide to to write this book? Was that a difficult process? How did you end up with uh, with this baby? Yeah, so um, I, for as long as I can remember, my aunt has been a big inspiration. I mean, she's a, um, she was, she's retired now, but she was a nationally recognized um, public speaker. She wrote three books. And I always loved speaking and, and doing these things. And I knew that I wanted to write a book someday. That was like all, one of my big goals is to write a book and to do like an international talk, which I did in Prague uh, at Web, uh, Web Expo. And then I got to do um, one on a small stage at Web Summit in 2019. And so the book was something that I actually was about to do in 2019 and was kind of going through the process and then 2020 happened, right? Right. As we were like at the end of the year, we were kind of starting the process into uh, that 2019 um, kickoff, our 2020 kickoff. And then 2020 happens, so we put it on hold. And then I sat on it for that year. Uh, the original book was called The Social Seller. And I actually hate the term social selling and social seller. Like I, I think engagement is first. And so as that year is coming along, um, I've been really obsessed with building my network and the brand for two reasons. The brand, the network was, and I'll tell you about more story. When I moved to Italy, I had never been outside the Midwest. 
I'd never been outside the country besides a spring break trip to Mexico, which doesn't count Cancun. Like you can imagine. Right. Uh, and I, and I end up in Italy having never been abroad. Um, this, you know, big American from the Midwest. And, um, I started meeting all these cool people. I was like, how do I like, how to capture this? Uh, so that kind of that inspiration came there. And then the, 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 the brand really came as I came back from Italy and I, I had become a head of brand and content for a, a startup and helped it scale. And then I got back into recruiting and I had to really recreate. I was not from New York. I've never been to New York city. When I moved here in 2017, I had to start over again, right? Network and the brand. I wanted to like be seen as somebody that's going to get value. And so those journeys kind of collided. And so that's where the idea of the social soul came um, from social salad or social soul and like those two big things. And, you know, I wanted to, I originally started writing this book with, with the publishing company and the, and the person I was writing with, and we were going to do like a longer book, uh, much more in depth, breaking down different channels and all these things. And I kind of had that moment where I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. I want it short, sweet, to the point. I want it to be kind of tactical tips. For the last five years living in New York, I coach for about 13 different global accelerators. And most people have no idea how to leverage social at all to build their businesses. And so I was giving workshops on it. So then I was like, let me just take my workshop and turn it into a book and make it very practical and tactical. And uh, the process of writing a book I started in February of 2020, sorry, February of 2021, July of 2021. I almost have it done. My public, uh, the guy that I was working with the writing, he was like, he was coaching me on how to write a book because I'm not a writer. I'm a speaker. Uh, and I, I write like I talk, which is not good for a book all the time. Right. And so he comes out here, we're talking about deadlines and stuff. And I was like, cool. I come home and I look at my manuscript and I was like, nah, man, this ain't it. Control deleted the whole thing and I restarted it and rewrote it in three weeks and then edited it and had it released in January of this year. Uh, and releasing it was um, very bittersweet because the day it was released was the day of my grandfather's funeral because uh, he had um, passed away um, early in the year. And so it was really tough kind of like, I, you know, I, I'm posting out content to push the book. Uh, but I'm also like, I don't want to be doing this. I'm like, wanting to be a family and kind of like removed. So, uh, it was a journey, man, but you know, the book, uh, it's been a fun, fun to get feedback. Um, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad that this was what I put out first. I have another book that I want to write. Um, I'm actually working on a children's book, a children's version of this. Um, then I have another book that I want to write coming out probably in 2024, um, much more around the startup ecosystem. And, um, and then kind of taking a collection of things, but yeah, man, I, this was the first one I wanted to get out. I wanted to keep it short and sweet and tactical and I'm proud of it. You know, it's not perfect and that's okay. Um, but you know, I did it and I can say, like, I checked that off my list. I went and, and, and I went and made it happen. You know, we talked on my podcast that we did right before this, we talked about fear. Um, so many people shy away because they're afraid to do something. And you shared your story of your first workshop. And this was a big fear factor for me. So, uh, yeah, that's that's why I did it. That's how it all kind of came together. That was the process. And uh, it, I'm proud of it, man. It's something that I, uh, I can look back on and be like, oh, I did that for whatever it is, you know. And thank you so much for, first of all, writing the book, but, but also for 
sharing this story. Um, I'm sorry I had this um, very difficult experience, you know, releasing the book, having this uh, this thing to go through. But and that's probably something we're going to dig deeper into. But the fact that you are open enough to to, to talk about it, to share this, and uh, that's what people relate to, right? Like yeah. it's not this uh, perfect drop guy who's uh, coaching these companies, doing training, smashing it, being an author. Okay, this is part of who Rob is. Yeah. And he's extremely good professional, but but he's also human, and I'm yeah. also human. You guys are also people, and and Rob and I have the privilege to talk to so many super successful, super accomplished leaders, some some of the best in the world, through our podcast, to 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 the work that we do as speakers, meeting these people, and everybody's just a human at the end of the day, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, we always had a, a joke when I was in high school playing football. It was you know everyone puts their pants on the same way, one leg at a time, right? And, you know, I, and you kind of bring that up, like we are human. And that's why I talk about like the subtitle of the book is mastering your personal professional brand with intentionality and authenticity. And I know there's so, especially in the past, right. With marketing and advertising, there's so much inauthentic. Um, A lot of people are intentional, but they're not authentic. Right. And we have this influencer culture that shows us that we have to drive nice cars and private jets and flaunt this and flaunt that in this perfect lifestyle. But fuck that, man. Like life is not perfect. Life is by definition messy. You can't experience joy without pain. You can't experience happiness without sadness. You can't have success without failure. And in these hyper-connected worlds, even more so today, everyone expects success just to happen. And they don't understand that failure is part of the process. And so I really wanted to like live my truth and, you know, walk my, walk my talk, so to speak with this book. Uh, so that's why I joke when people talk about it, like the, uh, the first hundred copies that went out that people actually bought, uh, had some page numbering issues that we caught, told the printer to fix. They didn't fix it and they shipped books out anyways. And I was like, look, cool. The first hundred books, <laughs> y'all have a little bit different version of it with the page numbers. I don't care. I just let people know. It's like it doesn't change the book, you know. Um, so you know, how can I live my truth and and walk my talk? Um, and how can I write a book about it if I don't do it right? And that's that's why this is such a big topic and something I, I love to, to 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 go through and coach people on and why the book um, matters. Mm-hmm. And you can you can actually see this tendency like a, like a global trend of even for the past few years celebrities you know opening up uh, showing a little bit of their personal lives their passions their clumsiness uh, and 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 that's how you can relate and actually build uh, engage with 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 people create connections and and I would love to to kind of get into the topic of the day which is which is how to leverage your personal brand as a founder but maybe if you can talk a little bit initially about why should founders pay attention to their personal brands like they're building startups they're super busy with the company why should they intentionally pay attention to their personal brands yeah so i'm going to answer that question but but to answer that question from a credibility sake i'm going to give the two minute overview of my background um because that this is this is why it matters for founders. Um, so I'm originally from the Midwest, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I went to a small school in just south of Des Moines, Iowa, called Simpson College. Played D three football, 
uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I originally went to college for athletic training, realized I didn't like love it. Uh, took an intro to marketing class. A professor made me watch, uh, made us watch for the class Mad Men because it just came out. And I fell in love with Dom Draper, like that advertising world. And I thought advertising was marketing. So I got a marketing degree, even though it's not the same thing. Then I graduated and I graduated at the end of the financial recession, 2009. So I graduated in 2010. So like, we're like going through all these things. And my first job was a recruiting company. It was like 2010 and I didn't even have a computer. It was a phone and fax like resumes that you like literally called and you highlighted and you faxed them off. Um, didn't last very long. So then I went um, and did what everyone else in Des Moines does and worked for like a large financial institution during the heart refis, got laid off. And then I got into recruiting, like real recruiting for software developers and this like agile methodology and uh, had a struggle. Like the first 12 to 18 months, didn't barely do anything. It took me like 18 months to close my first real full deal that I brought in and drove to completion. I closed some early ones, but they were like partnership deals. And then I did a five and a half million dollar book of business in three years. Had a, I bought a house, like I, I had a house, a six figure income, had all these things, uh, living in Des Moines, playing semi-pro football, having like a great friend group and was in like three different softball leagues. And I met my now wife, who is actually, I've known her since 2008. She's my best friend from college, a sister. In 2014, at his wedding, we just hit it off. And she was no longer my best friend's sister. She was her own human being person. Three months into dating, she said that when she graduates university, she was moving to Europe to get her master's. She had done a study abroad in Rome, and she spent a summer there doing an internship. So she was eight months in Italy. And it's like, I want to be in Europe. She's like, I don't do long distance. So either break up or you come with. This is three months of dating. I was like, I'm out. Let's go. Uh, so a year later, we were um, out the door, moving to Milan, Italy, where I coached professional American football. I got a master's in multi-channel marketing. And I ended up working for a startup as head of content and brand and helped them scale globally. Uh, we got into an accelerator in New York City. I came to New York to be a part of that accelerator. I went through fundraising. I did all of that, helped them scale. They decided not to expand to the US market after that. My wife was working for an Italian company. They sent her to New York, uh, which is why we came here. And I was like, fine, we'll stay, like, follow you again. Uh, and then I got back into corporate recruiting, did that for 18 months, left, went to a startup recruiting firm, but I knew I wanted to get out of recruiting. Uh, I got fired, not for productivity, but for passion. And, uh, the guy that fired me said, I'm going to give you a severance, pay out all your commission, go start your own business. It's where you're meant to be. This is not it. And I did, I went and started a sales and service company called Day Group. I co-founded it with my buddy, Phil DeVecchio. We grew that for three years. We successfully exited and sold that earlier this year to a company called Move Partners that I'm on the board for. And I started uh, Rise Up Coaching in 2021, wrote the book, started a podcast. Why I share all of that is like you can see those different stages of life happen, right? Recruiting, entrepreneurship, corporate recruiting, like all these different things happen. So I have these different networks and different experiences. And when I, when you think about why I'm a good coach, trainer, or whatever, well, you see these different collection of experiences that allow me to draw inspiration from, draw stories from. So as founders, when we're building companies, you're building a company for a reason. You either saw a problem you wanted to fix, something you experienced directly, 
or you just think it's a really great idea. You have an inspiration. It's like, I want to try to do that. And when you go build it, you draw upon all your past experiences. And you have all these people that you've met in your life that can help you. And so when you're building this, you can't forget that no one knows about your company, right? Take a company that's you just started it two months ago and you're like, oh, my company is cool. It's called Rise Up. People are like, what's Rise Up Coaching? Never heard of it. I've been around for two years and I have a pretty good big footprint. I've got 10,000, 8,000. Now I, I deleted like 2,000, like 8,000 people on LinkedIn, right? A lot of people probably would have heard of it, but like not many people are going to be like, what the hell is Rise Up Coaching? I know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you went to 2,000 people and asked them if they knew what Rise Up Coaching, maybe 20 would know. If you went to 2,000 people, I guarantee you 500 to 1,000 would know who Rob Napoli is, right? And for every founder, that's the same way. So if you have such a good network and background, why the fuck are you not leveraging it to build your startup? Like we start building startups, like it's all about this and we forget about everything that we have over here. And if we draw that, that's how we're going to draw more eyeballs. So it's important to have your brand. And as a founder, you also need to be the evangelist for your company. And that needs to be separate from the brand. So you need to have two parts to that. And the founders that can manage that and do that well are the ones that can draw more eyeballs and will scale faster because people remember people more than they remember companies. So very long-winded, um, but that is like the but big... Let's, let's, maybe, let's maybe dig into that. So, so there's imagine there is a founder watching right now, entrepreneur, Maybe they've, they've been posting every once in a while and there is a milestone they reached or anything, but they've never been conscious about their personal brand digitally. Um, what should they do? Where should they start? Like, what are the first steps into, into starting consciously building your brand digitally? Yeah, great question. First, it's where do you, where do you exist? So what channels do you have currently? So, you know, I always, whenever I do my, when I do this in the training, I'm always, all right, who's on LinkedIn? Raise your hand. Who's on Facebook? Who's on Twitter? Who's on Instagram? TikTok, Snapchat, Marco Polo, Clubhouse, right? And I see how long, and for many, not many people have their hands raised for all of them. I'm on all of them, but I don't activate on all of them, right? So it's like, okay, cool. Why are you on those platforms? Like for me, Facebook is solely for family. It's my family knows I'm still alive. It's for them to follow along. Um, I just feed it from my Instagram. My big channels are LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm, I'm trying to grow a TikTok and, and, and working on that. But honestly, like Facebook and Inst or Instagram and LinkedIn are my two channels. So it's where are you at? Cool, you have these channels. Why are you there? X, Y, and Z. Okay, cool. How do we want to focus that? Let's pick one to start. And what founders need to not do is try to choose all. So choose one main channel. How do you choose that channel? Two things. One, where is the most value-added network? And two, where do your customers live? Potential customers, right? For a lot of people, that's LinkedIn, um, just by nature of the platform. Uh, it's, it's big for a lot of people on Twitter as well. And so it's like, pick that one to start. And the first thing you want to do once you pick that is build it out. Make sure it shows who you are. So for example, LinkedIn. Right. If I go to your LinkedIn, the first thing I'm going to notice is one, got a good header photo. Two is your headline. You're a productivity coach, author, global keynote speaker, startup mentor, and podcast host. Right. It's clear. I know what you do. Right. And if I scroll down to your about me section, 
I get a feel for who you are. And if I want to reach out to you, I have so much there that I can send you a note and just like, hey, so I I mess with this, right? Like, I believe in this. I love this. Let's chat. Let's connect, right? So, and, and if it's on Twitter, if it's on Instagram, you have less characters, but make it clear about like who you are, what you do, and what your passion is. Like, what are you, what are you trying to create? Your about me is not the company you work for. About me is about you. What is your story? What are your passions? And what are you trying to accomplish? Whether you're one year out of college or a 20 year vet, you should share that, show that. So optimizing your profile is step one. Naturally, people think step two is start creating content. And that is not the case. Creating content is the last thing. Why? Most people have a fear of creating content. Two, they don't know what to create. Three, it's time consuming. And four, it's hard. You don't need to start creating content. This is why I love this idea of social engagement. Be an engager. Everyone out there, all you have to do, 15 minutes a day. Put a little block on your calendar, 15 minutes a day, and have five meaningful engagements with content on that platform. Not just a like, a comment. Hey, love this. Thank you for sharing. Or really enjoyed X, Y, and Z about this article. Or if they're watching this live stream and they're watching the video afterwards, like, hey, love this piece, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about this? And maybe ask a question. And what happens is through that engagement, people are going to notice that. And if you engage early and you actually ask a question that like has replies, it ranks you as to like the most like valuable comment and you get set right under there. Like if you like do that on like a Justin Welsh post, like 20,000 people are going to see your comment and then that like draws people into you. So all you need to do is start with engagement and it's 15 minutes a day. And literally some of you do that while you're on the toilet. And I know that's kind of weird to say, but like literally that's, that's when it can be done, right? We're all scrolling through our phones. On average, we scroll through our phones like five hours a day. Take 15 minutes of it for good on the platform that you want and just engage and start there. That's it. That will you, open can doors. You maybe, can you maybe share some, some stories or examples of you know, what, what happened to you being, being out there, spending 15 minutes engaging with people, adding comments like is there an example you can share because yeah. i think people will also relate more to yeah. something tangible a couple there's two there's two that i always bring up is is one when i made the transition from iowa to italy and then italy to new york and i was trying to find the my people right the, the people that i can learn from the people that can learn from me and create these um i was starting to connect and i would try to engage in those conversations and doing so has allowed me to meet great people. Um, and through that habit allowed me to grow from like 500 connections to like a thousand really quickly. Like people were adding me because they saw my comment and I was like, oh, wow. Like the views of my profile went up just by that. I was like, I did it for like a month and I was like, oh, shit. I went from having like 20 views to like a thousand views. Like on average, I'm, I have over a thousand views in my profile weekly. And I'm in 500 searches a day because I'm active on the platform, right? So that was one thing that I saw. I was like, whoa, this works. The second thing was there was a client that I was chasing down for about six months. I had emailed her. I had called her and left her voicemails. I, I was recruiting at the time. And I knew that she used she used my competitor. She was hiring like crazy. She, great company was scaling and ignored me, ignored me, nothing, nothing. 
she posts one day that she's starting a fund in the food tech space. And I just happened to my buddy, Phil, this is before we started the company together, uh, was an advisor to a food tech company who I'd met. He played football at the University of Michigan. He was a great dude. And I was like, hey, you should talk to, um, his name is Moose, Moose at this company and tag the company and their um, advise, strategic advisor. And I tagged Phil. So I had all three things tagged. Immediately, she liked it. She's like, thanks, Rob. We'll definitely connect and reach out. And then she sent me a direct message like, hey, Rob, thank you so much for sharing that contact with me. I know you've been trying to get on my calendar for a while. How about we have a chat? Because I gave her value, everything else was like trying to drive business and all this other shit. When I engaged and gave her value on something she posted, she immediately responded. And it became a great conversation and opened some doors. We never ended up doing business together because I left shortly after um, the company. But it was that change, that little thing that started a conversation that opened doors for not just me, but others in my network. Oh, absolutely, man. And and you talk about it in the book, you mentioned it in the podcast. It's the reason you don't like the word social selling. I mean, you can actually sell at the end of the day, but when you when you set selling as the the key word there, it's kind of like wrong for, by definition. It's like, no, it's it's engagement. It's who are some great people there? And let me just be a good person, connect them, tag somebody, offer an advice, post an article see what they need and send them a DM with, with some good advice or, or connection and just, just let it be. Exactly. In, in three months, you'll be asking, you need the introduction to this company and they're connected and will be like, Hey, um, I just wonder if you can connect with this person. You've yeah. already engaged three times. Of yeah. course, Rob, that's Rob, the guy who's been so kind and nice. I mean, that's, that's how relationships work. Exactly. And, and I think the key to this whole piece right, of engagement is the kind of network you build, right? And so when you're out building your network and connecting and following, you should be, there's kind of like, I call it like three buckets. One is friends and family, right? Those that like, you know, like colleagues and coworkers, you know, friends and family, professors, et cetera. Those that like are your support system uh, that can help you personally and professionally. The other one is um, connecting with those that you want to learn from. Who are the, the, the thought leaders or industry leaders or the people that are talking in your space that you should be learning from? Follow them. And the third is, who do you want to work with? Who can you buy from or who can buy from you? Right? Timing is everything in the sales cycle, right? I've spent 10 years of my life in sales. And so many people think sales is magic. And I can't tell you how many times people come to me and like, Rob, do you want to lead our sales team? No. <laughs> Because I'm not going to be able to do in 30 days what you've spent nine months trying to do, right? Timing is everything in a sales cycle. If you engage and you create a value at a network of those people and there's consistency and they see that when that time comes that they start looking for a product or a solution, they're going to go to their channels and like, who do I know already? Either know and well and or... Let me stop you here, Rob. Um, with respect to that, how... What percentage of the work that you do now as a freelancer, as a consultant, is actually coming from you cold calling and reaching out as opposed to somebody from your network comes to you because they know you're the right person for the job? Yeah, um, I will say this. I think every, no matter what business you're in, you should have some sort of business development outreach going on in different ways. 
but I haven't done cold outreach for a client in the last two years. Everything has come through um, my network or them seeing me do something and then reaching out to me and saying, I want to work with you. Um, I haven't had a like cold call for rise up in two years and pick up a client. It's all been through my network and through the things that I'm doing and my business. And so I look at my business development, like business development can be cold outreach. And if you're doing a SaaS product or uh, if you're doing SaaS, you need to do cold outreach. Like I am a big proponent of email. Cold calling is still good. Like big, big on outreach for SaaS products. For B2C, you know, you need to invest in advertising, right? You need to be doing, if they're on Instagram, you need to be on Instagram. So on TikTok, you need to be on TikTok. Um, it needs to be a combination of like owned and earned media. And in both of those though, there's a secondary channel. Like consultants were different, right? Like the way you and I work, right? That's why I say like, I haven't had to make a cold call for a client in two years. But in B2B and B2C, if you create the right network and you create the right relationships and engagements and you engage with that network consistently, that will come back around to you. You're investing now for future business. And that's why I don't like this idea of social selling. You can sell, don't connect and pitch. Like I might connect with you, ask how things are going, see these things. And then one day you might put out, Hey, um, I have a client that's looking for somebody on personal brand who in my network, uh, should I be recommending for them? I might be like, Hey, son, right here. Like, Oh yeah, Rob, I knew I had people in my network. I couldn't remember you. Like I'll make an intro right away. Right? Like that, those are the things that happen when people are looking for something, they go to their network first before they search cold. Right? So be in their network, be there. So that you can be found, you can be seen. And if you've already engaged with them, that just puts you at the top of the list, right? Because there's credibility already there for them to want to call you first versus your competitor that's never engaged with them, never talked to them. It's like, oh, now I'm going to try to like sell them and just show them, right? Like we're tired of that. And I love that you are emphasizing on this engagement thing as opposed to content. I mean, content, I think it's, it's amazing. Uh, like being a great content producer can open up opportunities, but, yeah. but, but also it's not only about content. Like you mentioned engagement on, on social, um, another way to, to look into that. And, you know, Rob, you probably know, I, I lived in Denmark for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Danes are very, very community driven. Like yeah. they love to, they have a lot of business clubs, private networks. And, and I was lucky enough to be, um, to be invited to a number of uh, private business clubs while yeah. I was living in, in, in Denmark. And man, the people weren't selling. Like it was just literally, you, you, you go to a meetup. Usually they love to do this business breakfast. So you, you go there and, and you just talk about, hey, here's my business. That's what I do. I'm currently looking for a marketing person, blah, blah, blah. So, so people share what's, what they're doing, what they need help with. And man, you know, I got my bank through, you know, one of the people in the, in the network is working in a bank. Who are you going and, and when you need a bank? The guy, Peter from the, from the, from the network. Yeah. Uh, there's a lawyer. Who would you go to? Oh, Mikhail is a lawyer. I know him. He's a trusted guy. Like, you know, they, they were only doing business with each other because yeah. they trust each other. And yeah. they know it's like, okay, but there's a bunch of lawyers out there, but Mikhail, I know Mikhail. He's, uh, he's, you know, I, I don't want to work with the, somebody i never heard of yeah. right so so actually events business networks virtual mastermind calls yeah. right like hey let's bring a bunch of people from the industry of my customers together and 
and do something that's of value to them, bring them together. They can, yeah. you know, brainstorm ideas, maybe invite a speaker on a topic that's interesting to them, relevant to them, not necessarily connected to my product. And let's just get them there. Let's, yeah. let's, let's do cool stuff. Then you are the person in the middle. It's like, oh, that's Rob. Oh, Rob is yeah. from Rise Up Coaching, man. Yeah, you know that he's doing these really cool trainings. Yeah, like we need a trainer now. We should get Rob. He's a cool guy, right? Yeah. It, it, it starts to tie, to tie the loops together. And, and to that point, you bring up a great, um, kind of make a great, great point here that, you know, we've all been to those networking events where everyone's there with business cards and like, what do you do? I do this. And immediately kind of like selling, it's like, how do we transactionalize this? Right. Uh, so you have to go through a lot of like meetups and events to find the good communities. And there's some good and some bad. I'm in a lot of communities and I can 15 different Slack channels and I've like weeded them down and I have like three really good communities that are all about engagement, helping each other. Like the rules are you don't sell. Like if you have something you need, you can ask for it in like direct message, but you're not like posting, like selling. And we've all, we all know those things and we, we know how it's hard to find those. Right. And then there's this other big thing that you brought up. I kind of laugh at that. You're like, oh yeah, they love, um, business breakfast, which is such a big thing in Europe. Like everyone loves a business breakfast. Like those meetups are usually for breakfast, but here in the States, it's always a happy hour. It's always around booze, right? Um, but culturally too, right? Um, everyone knows Americans tend to be much more louder and they talk a lot more and they're much more open. Um, and it's a lot of European cultures and even the farther East you go, like you're much more reserved. You don't share as much. And I get that. I get that culturally. And it's a big fear to like share some of these things when like it goes against the grand of culture. But if you want to live and work in a global marketplace, you need to do these things and you need to be okay with like being looked at kind of funny um, in that regards, right? Like one of the things that you do on your profile that I love is like you talk about what makes you different as a human being, right? And that that is something that not a lot of people want to always put out like what makes me unique, the good and the bad. Right. Like I put in there a couple of nuggets. Like I, I'm a Harry Potter nerd. Like I'm 35 years old. I have Harry Potter castle tattooed on my arm. Like this is, and it's just, this is going to grow out and it's going to have elements from all seven books. Like Harry Potter was a big part of my childhood and it's a big part of who I am. I have a castle up here. I've got a wand. I've been to Orlando for Harry Potter world three different times. I don't shy away from it. Yeah, it's nerdy. And people are always like, man, like Rob, you're like this big athlete and you're like, you're kind of a book nerd. I'm like, yeah, there's there's more to me than what meets the eye. You see the long hair, the man bun, the earrings, the tattoos, but like, you know, I've worked in corporate, I've sat in those boardrooms, I've managed large companies and large teams. Like, there's so much more to somebody. So you need to share that because they will stereotype you into just what they think you are. Oh, you're a sales rep, you're a salesperson. Right. If you're the whole thing, it's just about how much quota you hit at every job and your about me is about your company and you don't engage and you don't talk about challenges and anything like there's nothing to you. And so how can you be seen or leverage a channel? And this is like exactly why we talk about it from any walk of life can do this. But for founders, founders think they have to be perfect. And you and I are just talking our, on my podcast. We talk about your book perform the unsexy side of startups, right? Um, we talk about this, the unsexy truth about startup success. And you know what the unsexy truth is? Is that this shit is never easy, right? Fundraising is hard. Fundraising is incredibly hard. 
I know we have this idea that we're all going to be like WeWork or Uber, and it's like we're having a great idea and a pitch, and somebody's going to fund us and we're going to go. No, you got to show traction. You got to show these things. And how can you sell an investor to give you money if you can't be open about challenges you're facing, what you do well, what you don't do well, right? Investors are investing in three things the product and its scalability in the market. Is there a big enough market and a need and a fit? The team. Are you the founder or the team that can take you there? And traction. If you don't have traction, that's okay, but there's always some sort of traction. How many people have you done? Like for your book, you interviewed 50 people. Well, we've interviewed 50 different people, and this is the feedback we've gotten. Our team is really good at building this, but we're missing this. And in order for us to scale, we need money to get this missing piece, and we know what that is. Investors love that because it's like, okay, we know that if we're putting money, this is where it's going to go to. Stop acting like you're perfect. We'll be back shortly. And here's my productivity tip. What helps me to focus and get a lot of things done? One of the tools that I use is called Brain FM. It is an app that uses specially designed music to improve your brain activity, help you focus or become more relaxed. Start your free trial at brain.fm forward slash Stoyan. And if you like it, you can get 20% off your subscription. Simply type Stoyan, S-T-O-Y-A-N, as a coupon code after your trial. And now, let's get back to the episode. Same thing with a personal brand. And this is why I say founders should have their own brand and then the company brand. Because, right, if I have, I have a podcast on entrepreneurship, and I get people all over that reach out to me. Like, I have, I have people that reach out to me. I've only, I've only... <laughs> I've only responded to two people that have sent me a message to be on my podcast that I did not know personally. One of them no-showed on the prep call. The other one I thought was good. We tried to get it set up and it never happened, right? But I get reached out to a lot, like five times a week, people wanting to be on my podcast. And what I look for is, are you just talking about how cool you are? Or are you talking about like, hey, Rob, your podcast is all about challenges. And I would love to share that this challenge I overcame, this story, when we talked, I asked you a question. I can't remember the question I asked you, but the first thing you brought up was like, yeah, this shit's really hard. And this is what I did. And it was immediately about something that was challenging that you had like overcome, not about like, oh yeah, I've been on stages all across 30 countries and I've done all these things. You didn't start off that. You started off with like an actual challenge. And I was like, that is why I went on the podcast. And then right? we spent 90 minutes instead of 30 talking about everything and we could yeah. have, but yeah. Think- but think about this from a founder perspective. Founders want to hear have their story shared. They want to be out there. Podcasts, panels, speaking engagements, people, you know, the reason why Adam Newman got to do all that is because he was very personable. He shared, he was out there. He was kind of a rebel renegade. And yes, you know, there's a lot of negative connotation. If you've seen We Crash, which I think every founder should watch, it's a cautionary tale. But as a person, he was very memorable and personable. And he was able to get out there and like draw that in. It was like people were drawn to Adam Newman. Therefore, they invested in WeWork. And people forget about that. Founders forget how important that is that we invest just like we buy in people. And it's important for founders to have a brand separate from the company. Because this company may not work and they may go found another company. If they found another company and they're open about the failures of the first company, they're more likely to have success in the second company. Because if you fail once, you're more likely to learn fail fast and have success later. So like needing to be able to show that. And that's why it's important. If they don't see that, 
It's like, oh, you're on your second company. What happened? You know, I don't want to invest in you. But if I was like, hey, had a company, had it for two years, didn't go the way we wanted, but here's the lessons we learned. Now I'm starting a new company. Here's the stuff I'm doing. It makes you more confident wanting to buy. That's why and, this is important. And I think the the part that you mentioned as well is the being real, man, being honest, sharing the like the the struggle as well. Like, hey, I'm here, 12 o'clock. We fi finished after a week of, uh, you know, 18-hour days. We finally managed to deliver this application for this thing. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go, but hey, we did it. Like, you know, those kind of posts, those kind of real journey, like you're going to get a lot more founders, a lot more people to relate to the investors. Investors, like, wow, you know, these guys are hustlers, man. Yeah. You know, I, I, these are cool people. I, they're, they're not trying to, I, I can trust these people. Like maybe they'll say, hey, we, we spent two weeks in social post, right? Spent two weeks. We prepared this pitch and the client chose somebody else. Yeah. That's what we learned. It's like, nobody's going to judge you. Everybody's, wow, cool. Yeah. I wanted to share the same, but I, I'm feeling not so brave. So courageous to actually put myself out there. But, mm -hmm. but when I see this, this type of post, this type of people, of course, they get the most engagement. Of course, they get a lot of people interested. Okay. These are the people I want to work with. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, um, so the, by the way, there was a, there was another exceptional, I think you guys have to get in touch. Exceptional. Um, I don't know if the word is an expert, but somebody who understands personal branding, uh, a different perspective, but I think you two can really, uh, team up into something cool that his name is Ryan Folland. He was on the podcast. He's a, um, he has a really cool podcast. It's called the world of speakers, mm -hmm. but uh, he's also author of the book called ditch the act. And the, the main angle he takes on personal branding is to let go of all the urge to prove yourself and look good and look perfect. And, yeah. and he's in, encouraging everybody out there to, you know, you spilled coffee on, on you right before an important meeting. Talk about it, share yeah. it, do whatever, like, like just be real, be honest. I mean, of course, make it in a way that it reflects your brand, but, but the more vulnerable you are, the more likely yeah. people will engage. Absolutely. And <laughs> Like this is the whole beauty of the process, right? Is that you can, you can be authentic and like others can feel that and they can resonate with you, whether you're a founder or not, like I'm going to resonate with challenges and overcoming things. And I'm going to resonate with the highs and lows and, and what you do and don't do. And it makes a big difference. And it's, it's why you can go out. And I interviewed two different people in my podcast that are both under the age of 25 and are building companies and have done things in their two years of running a company than I can ever dream of. Like they went to school, they took entrepreneurship courses. I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was until 2015 when I was getting a master's degree. Right. So, you know, I'm late to the party, but because they are so vocal about their journeys and how they started a company and why they started a company, and they talk about it all the time, people have bought into them. And it's like, I don't care if they're 18, 22, or 50. If you know what you're trying to accomplish and you have the grit and determination, the team, the systems, the processes, and not afraid to fail, that's powerful. Like, think of, you know, you talk about you're, you were inspired by Tony Robbins. One of the, you know, when your video production days, you get used to, um, you know, 
run events for motivational speakers and you had that moment of like, oh man, I can do this, right? But you know, when they talk about what they talk about on stage is they they teach you to open, be open, visualize and win, learn and grow, right? You cannot just win. There is a process to winning and it takes time, right? Major athletes train hours and hours a week for the game to go compete for to win. How can you think you can start a company and get founded if you don't train, if you don't fail, if you don't share it? And it's just such a big thing to me. And the other word you used is expert. And I was, I have this quote that my aunt gave me a long time. And, and, and when I say it, like to a lot of the younger people, they don't know who this person is, but Zig Ziglar said this, what is an expert? An X is a former something and spurt is a water spout. So it's somebody who talks about, who spouts off about things they did in the past. And, you know, this is what I talk about when I talk to founders and why it's important to, to share these like things is that if you're not evolving at some point, being an expert in something gets you left in the past, right? Like it's good to be an expert on something. And I tell people all the time, like when I give you advice or I'm coaching you or I'm training you, take what I say with a grain of salt. Yes, I'm seen as a thought leader or an expert or whatever quotations you want to use. And it's based on my experience in the past. But I'm talking about this because I'm, I'm learning it. I'm doing it. And you need to always be thinking about what's happening next, right? And, you know, the perform outline is always about constant feedback loops, right? Um, it, it was one of the things that we talked about that I loved was in the middle of that is there's two different types of communication that have feedback loops because you have to evolve with that, right? And so founders are the same way. Your company is the same way can't tell you how many times people start companies and like, we're going to solve this problem. And it's like, have you talked to your customers? Is that really their pain? Like you're not listening. You're not getting that constant feedback loop. And so the comp the product is staling, it's stalling out. You need to be on the front line of that. And so I know it's a really long winded diatribe, but it's, it's all the reasons that you don't have to become an influencer. I don't, I don't like influencers. There's enough influencers. We need to get away from influencers. In fact, I did a whole podcast on mine, a, a solo episode that I shared two weeks ago. And it's why I got off LinkedIn after I wrote this book. I did all this for writing this book. And I took 60 days off LinkedIn because I felt like it got really toxic. There's a lot of people sharing the same things. And, and there's people like talking about stealing content. And um, my imposter syndrome kicked in. It felt like everybody was just like progressing. Here I have a podcast and, and the book that I just launched. And I just sold the company. And getting these contracts. And I just felt like everything was passing me by. And I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to get away from this for a little bit. And that's okay too. You don't need to be on 24 seven. That's why I talk about 15 minutes a day, limit yourself, engage with those that you want to engage in, but be okay. Take a step back. It's why I don't push content creation. I have a whole thing on content creation, especially for founders as you get going. And I think that that's a big part of it for scale, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing that is is a nice to have. It's not a necessity. The necessity is a strong, well-written profile, a value-added network, and engagement. Those three things can take you to a very successful career. Content engagement takes you to a whole other level if you want to go there. But you don't have to to be successful with a personal brand. And everyone thinks that you have to do content to be successful. You don't. 
that is a nice to have. You know, that, that reminds me, this is the podcast called Productivity Mastery in talking about productivity. When I do a pro any kind of workshop or training, usually it's going to be somebody will say, uh, what app should I use uh, to manage my time? I'm like, what do you do now? Oh, I haven't done anything yet. But what, what is the app? What is the software? It's like, I don't know if that's where you want to start. There's a bunch of great softwares that can help you to optimize, but you need a piece of paper and you need a pen and you need to start building the habit or a spreadsheet if that's, that's your thing. I love spreadsheets, right? Like you want to start managing your time. You got to build the, the habit. You got to set up the fundamentals. You got to start doing it for a while. And now that it's like, okay, spreadsheet is not enough. I need a system. I need automation. All right, let's look yeah. for a software that help you. Like, and, and it's interesting. I, I never heard this before, Rob. That you know, everybody talks about content, right? Yeah. I never heard this. That you know, content is a nice to have. It's kind of like the, the the software in the yeah sense of managing uh, your time, right? Hundred percent. And just to talk about productivity because I love this piece of it. And, you know, I have ADHD. I've been much more vocal about it, uh, managing, and I, and I have an episode that's dropping uh, this week where I, another founder friend of mine, Timmy Bauer, who has a children's book company, he has ADD. And we get into like the challenges of being a founder and solopreneurs dealing with that and how we overcome that. And I also have low-grade OCD. It's, it's undiagnosed, but I, I know I have it. Uh, I've tried the pen and paper. I've tried the spreadsheets. None of that worked for me. What works for me is good old fashioned time blocking. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. I literally put a 15 minute every day for, for engagement. I block off an hour for this and I never block anything more than an hour because my attention span, absolutely not. If you give me four hours to do something, I'll procrastinate. If you give me 30 minutes. I'll do in 30 minutes what it takes a per normal person two and a half hours, right? Start with the basics. Just time block, right? And that, and that goes for everything. Start with the basics. Whatever is the best tool or method for you, time block it, create the habit, and then add to it. Everyone tries to go from A to Z, but this shit's not linear. So go from A to B first, and then B to C, and then C to D, and keep learning. And sometimes you take a step back, and you have to re-figure out so that you can kind of work your way up. Building a brand is a marathon, not a sprint. It's the same concepts of, of productivity and mastery in anything, right? We forget Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours. That's why I talked about like training. Like you have to just create it as a habit. And that was what this was all about. Very simple tactical tips to get you started, not to take you the distance. And I want you to, 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 to build the foundation because the foundation will take you farther and further than you ever thought possible. And then you can go build off on everything else, right? Um, right. because because at the end of the day you build your brand for a purpose right like like if you're founder you have a mission you yeah. you gotta build this product you gotta make this impact right this is the core thing of again of what you do but while you're building that you can create processes like okay 15 minutes a day this is something that works for rob maybe it's gonna work for you maybe it's something else same with managing your time okay i love uh to do a list and then based on that list, I'll do time blocking in a very smart way. Doesn't mean it's going to work for you, but you need to have some sort of system that works for you. So you spend time on the things that matter mm -hmm. and building your personal brand could be one of those things. That is something that really matters if you really want to succeed as a founder, yeah. because it has a high leverage. You build connections, 
you build awareness, uh, you build potential customers, investors, and so on and so forth. So, and and the beautiful thing about this, and and I'll kind of because I know I say fifteen minutes a day is like the bare minimum, but to be honest, it can even be fifteen minutes a week, right? It just matters that if you're going to do fifteen minutes a week, it's going to take you longer than it does fifteen minutes a day, right? So there's like many steps and it's linear, but I will say that every platform, right? If you're trying to grow on a platform, every platform rewards engagement, meaning the more time you're on the platform, the more likely your content is to be shown. So for example, I'm on Instagram a lot more than I'm on TikTok. When I post a reel on Instagram, on average, I get 3000 to 5,000 views. I post the same thing on TikTok. On average, I get 300, but I spend 10 X more time on Instagram. So it makes more sense. I have 1,500 plus followers on Instagram to 100 on TikTok. It makes sense, right? LinkedIn's the same way. All the platforms, if you ever do to create content, reward engagement. So if you're the more time you're on site, the more you're engaging as just an actual human, the more likely when you start creating content that your content's going to be pushed and seen. So like, hence building blocks, and people mm. forget about this stuff, and. The, the, the other thing I want to bring up to why a personal brand is important, because I know we're getting close to time and I, don't, I want to make sure I share this because it's something you talk a lot about, which is creating culture, right? And, and creating cultures of care. We have Glassdoor, LinkedIn, like when, when I'm, if you're recruiting as an early stage company or as a growth stage company, and you're thinking about how do I attract talent? How do I create culture? I'm going to go to Glassdoor. I'm going to go to LinkedIn. I'm going to look at your website, but I'm going to go and see who your employees are. I'm going to go see if you as a founder have a personal brand or the CEO has a personal brand. What are you talking about? What matters to you? Are you talking about the mission? Are you living your mission? Are you showing you living your mission? Is your team doing that? And the more people on your in, in your company that are doing that and have kind of like personal professional lives, the more likely I'm going to be attracted to that company because I buy into the mission. I buy into the impact. I love the fact that I see that, you know, for example, if, if I was being recruited by you and you sent me a, and you sent me that picture. So you were in Tel Aviv on this trip and you sent me a picture on your balcony with a glass of wine and the Kindle of my book. And it's like, Hey, checking out your book, like something that simple, right? If you were trying to hire me would have me bought in so much further than anyone out there. Cause you're just being real. It's like, Hey, I want to check out your book. I'm evaluating you as a potential hire for my company. You wrote a book, like that means something, right? So from a recruitment standpoint, if you, we always talk about talent and, and my recruiting background kicks in the average life of a, a salesperson right now at a company is 18 months. And that can either be scary or a good thing. One, it's scary because, you know, it's taking time bomb, but two, how do I maximize from 18 months? But how do I create more sticky people in my company? Well, live the values that we created. Create the culture and show it as a founder. And you can do that with your personal brand. The company needs to show it and give back and do those things. But the company only does that if the people that work there live that. And for the future companies that are scaling, one of the best ways to attract talent is to be a freaking human and do things with intentionality and authenticity and let that come to you. And it will make a big difference in the people you hire and the talent that's attracted to your organization. It's like the third piece of it as you like scale why this is important for a founder instead of only focus on building the company. Because if you only focus on building a company, the only people that can come work there are those that can make money from it versus coming to work there for the mission, the impact, the value, you, what you stand for. 
And those make a difference, especially with Gen Z. Yeah, man, so many good points. Yesterday, I had a meeting with uh, someone and she's, I don't like the word HR, like maybe we spoke about it as well, like, you know, human resource, like, uh, like if when you put the label on resource on people, I think this was probably the industrial revolution we came out. I, I have to check, I have to fact check, but okay, people, she was, she's in people yeah. as management, right? And we had a conversation and, and she was like, I posted an ad and they have an office in India, right? So she posted an ad. She had like a thousand applicants. Like, how do you how do you expect the the, the person who's recruiting to to grow carefully for all those kind of applications? I mean, even if they are not a thousand, a few hundred, yeah. like maybe send a picture from Tel Aviv with the book. Maybe do something else. Like, I mean, be human. Be give value upfront. Like, maybe maybe engage upfront with, with with the kind of people. I mean, Christopher is like uh, my co-author. Perform. We mentioned him a couple of times today. Uh, the CEO of Startup Wise Guys. Um, talking about long-term perspective, something I learned from him, and I'm very conscious about uh, these days trying to, to, to kind of model it in, in some ways, is um, he, would, he would think about his future hires uh, 12 to 24 months in advance. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, hey, we need a marketing person. Okay, let's put an ad. Could be, could be. Yeah. But, but for the most part, he would say, what do you need from to his managers? What do you need from... Um, 12 to 24 months. Who is the kind of roles, profiles, positions? And then he starts engaging. Yeah. On social, he travels a lot like me, actually more than me, uh, which is quite impressive. And uh, he would he would go out and meet people. Like, hey, Rob, uh, how's it going? You in New York? Okay, I'm coming to New York. Let's have coffee. You have yeah. coffee. You meet you again. By the way, we have this little project we can involve you. Okay, now he gets to know you. Can he rely on you? And so on and so forth. And And now... He's like, okay, Rob is being very proactive. He wrote me three times, gave me these things. Yeah. All right. Now I have a position. We're looking for somebody like Rob. Hey, Rob, let's yeah. have a talk, right? Like, so it's a, it's a, it's like a, like an account, right? Like a yeah. bank account. You, you're constantly. Do you add to the account of your relationships? Yeah. Or are you taking? Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, there's a there's a concept. I can't remember who wrote it. Content based networking, and it's all about giving value to the other person first that comes back around and you know, the best talent's passive. They're usually happy in a job and they, they leave because there's a bigger impact to be made. And so if you develop that relationship, maybe I'm not looking to, to join that organization today, but in six months, they're like, Hey Rob, you know, we got a role that'd be perfect for you. Would you be interested now? Is timing better? And it's like, actually timing's way better. Let's, let's talk. Right. And it allows you to, to really build meaningful relationships and fill roles um, in, a, in, a, in a very processed way that just hits home to the core values instead of going through and just like transactional recruiting. And there's there's a time and place for, for all of it, right? You, you can't do only one or only the other and you have to find those blends. But especially when you're looking for different leaders or big impact players or what I call force multipliers, you're not going to find a force multiplier by putting an ad out. You can. It's really hard to do. You find force multipliers because you meet them somewhere or you're connected to them and you had a great conversation. The vibe was there. They stayed together through an engagement. And when the timing's right, everything comes together. Absolutely. Final question before we wrap up this. Rob, you have a podcast. We 
you know, once again, before we started recording the podcast, five minutes before that, we finished, wrapped up of the episode, and it's called The Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship, and everybody should go to Spotify, Apple Podcast, find it, subscribe. Uh, it's a podcast which is definitely a no BS. Let's talk the real stuff, and it's very practical. I listened to a few episodes on the beach in Tel Aviv <laughs> while preparing for the podcast. But but the question is, and it's all connected to the topic of the day, leveraging your personal brand. From from a business standpoint, why did you start a podcast and why do you keep on recording it from a yeah. business standpoint? Cool. That is a great question because I talk about this a lot with Colin Mitchell, who is the CRO and co-founder of a podcast um, editing company called Salescast. I originally started the podcast uh, two reasons. Uh, one, I always wanted to do a podcast because I wanted a, a place in the space to talk about things that I'm passionate about and with people I think are really great and in a way that I thought people missed. And I originally started from a business funnel standpoint, uh, and I'll talk about how this connects. Um, originally, I was like, okay, cool. This gives me a chance to meet great entrepreneurs. I coach entrepreneurs, right? Great founders of growth stage companies. I do trainings for growth stage companies. Um you know, accelerators. I work for a lot of accelerators, like all the things I do allowed me to like connect with them. And when you come on the podcast, it's different than doing like a catch up call or whatever. Like people get real on podcasts. They want to share their story and talk about them. It's all about them. And they walk away with um, some nice clips for social media. They walk away with some raw files they can cut up and they walk away um, with an audience and a new place where they can share their story and have somebody listen and potentially connect, whether that's wanting to work with them um, wanting to work for them, brand awareness, recognition. And so it's, it's truly value-based, but it allows you to have real conversations with your potential ICP or ideal customer persona. It's a, it's a great reason why I think every business should have a podcast. And yes, the podcast market is saturated, but I can't remember the, the like 80% or 60%, some, some high number of podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes. So yeah, there's a lot of podcasts out there, but not a lot of consistent podcasts. So if you do it and you can be consistent, it gives you an opportunity to create relationships and why I still do it. And yes, there's a business element to it, but I do it and I keep doing it not because of the business that can drive and it does, but more because I get to meet so many amazing people from around the world. And I have a, a goal to interview an entrepreneur from every country in the world. Right now I've interviewed people from 31, sorry, 29 countries and 15 states. I have a lot of work to do, right? A lot of work to do. But that's what I want to show that entrepreneurship is from everywhere. And what it allows me to do is build a truly global value added network and meet great people. It opens doors for relationships, for connections, for referrals, for business. And I can travel a lot of places in this world. And if I need a couch to sleep on or somebody to help me out because I lost luggage or something, most places in the world I can go and have somebody that I can call because I've gotten to know them. And it's all around this concept of content-based networking, which Timmy Bauer talks about on his episode. He's the one that shared this, this with me, and it's, it's why I do it. It just gives me an opportunity, and I love doing this. It makes me hone my skills. It allows me to learn and grow and just honestly, engage with an amazing community of people on a regular basis. So it's, it's both personal and business related. Uh, and there's so many reasons why, but that's why I do it. And that's why I love 
doing it. I've, you know, I've recorded 70 episodes for my podcast. I've been a guest. This is my 41st, I think, guesting experience um, on a podcast. And my goal is just to be able to, to connect with as many people as possible. How can I help? How can I benefit you? What value can I add to you? And what can I learn from you? Like that's to me, like the goal is like, what can I learn from these people? Because I know that I'm not yeah, the smartest have, person. Have a look, man. Just just have a look. Like I mean, we, we're sitting here now. We, we spend like two hours together now um, because both of us have podcasts. I'm reading your book. You're reading my book. Um, we're sharing experiences. We're sharing, you know, hey, I have these people I can introduce you to. Hey, we should get you to Europe. Like, you know, yeah. it, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Maybe it would, but, but what's the chance, right? But yeah. now we have a platform to actually connect. Uh, and, and, you know, anybody out there who's, who's thinking about starting something, it doesn't have to be a podcast. Maybe you're a blogger kind of person. Maybe, maybe it's another kind of way you can connect to people. I love podcasting as well because you talk to people. There's, yeah. no, there's no geographical boundaries. You, can, you yeah. can do it virtually as we do. And I don't care about nice lighting cameras. I mean, it's more about the connection, the people. And talking about productivity having a virtual podcast i mean i've been i've been recording from milan from estonia from from anywhere right i just get my microphone travel with it yeah and 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 that's it and then yeah. and then a recent example and i'm going to wrap up with that cuz rob you're at the beginning of your day but um i went to tel aviv a couple of weeks ago right uh, to to do a a keynote for for a client and and i just posted it on linkedin and I'm actually big on content. You know, I need to I need to do much better on engagement. But 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 I went there and I was like, hey, who's in town? So I went to my you know uh, network, put a filter, Israel, Tel Aviv, and I tagged everybody. Hey, anybody wants to meet up, coffee, whatever. And it was somebody who listened to my podcast seven months ago to an episode with somebody that is a common connection that was a guest on the podcast. Yeah. And and he he was like Stoyan, would love to meet you, man. He brought me to some super cool places. He came with a car, drove me around. Let me show you the the you know uh, this fisherman kind of place. And there's the uh, the port with little port. It's not a touristic place, but you know it's really yeah. cool. Brought me to this restaurant. Told me about the environment. Yeah, you know, I had the best experience. Know. The best experience ever, man. Han, if you if you're listening, brother, thank you so much for the experience. That was amazing. We're going to get him on the podcast as well, which wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what I do whenever I travel somewhere new, I'll, I'll go to Vidyard and I'll do a video like, hey, um, you know, Yumiya, I'm actually going to Sweden here and, and meeting with a client. And I, I reach out to everyone's like, hey, I'm coming to the Yumiya region. I'm there from these dates to these dates. Uh, you know, what I'm looking to do is connect with anybody that wants to talk about X, Y, or Z. Uh, let me know. Uh, shoot me a message back and and I just take that video link and I just send it to every send it to everybody that's in that region on LinkedIn some message like hey check this out I'm going to be in your area these dates would love to catch up for a coffee and they have like a quick 60 second video that's all value just to connect and like it's such a great way to 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 do these things I have a friend who lives in down in Arizona and anytime anybody from his network is coming through if you're going to, I think it's Scottsdale, either Scottsdale or Phoenix, Nick Capazzi, uh, Capozzi, uh, he will, what he'll do is he's like, let me know. I'll come pick you up. And on the drive back, he puts his phone and he, he just records like you talking, he drives you around and, it, and it's like, he just does it for fun. And it's an amazing thing. And how cool is that? And like just the amount of connections and, and the content and the value 
and all that just just because like if you're ever going through you reach out to him and he's just happy to do it and it just opens up doors it's amazing so everybody should start a podcast to be consistent that's the that's the summary <laughs> well, not necessarily not necessarily but everybody should pay attention to their personal brand especially if you're a founder and if you want to step up your game there's the right person you can you can knock knock to uh, find this gentleman with the big beard on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, or anywhere else. Yeah. By the way, Rob, why don't you tell people what's the best way to reach out to you? And on top of that, how can people get help from you? What are the kind of things that you focus on these days, helping founders and, and business leaders? Yeah. So uh, the best place, like I'm on all those socials and, and like you said, but the best place to go is my website. It's robnapley.com. That has all my social links. It has where you can find my book. It has where you can listen to my podcast. Uh, if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a contact form. You can email me directly um, from that if you just want to like reach out. So robnapley.com is the best way. Uh, I've got a lot of things going on these days. Um, I kind of have, I run a consultancy. So I kind of have three buckets of things I do. Uh, one is I coach entrepreneurs on how to, how to grow and scale through I, I joke, I, I say I live at the intersection of product, brand, and sales. So I really help founders create those systems through strategy and tactical execution. Um, I work with a lot of growth stage companies and corporates as a trainer. I come in and train on um, how, to, how to handle and work in the remote world, uh, how to do like hybrid leadership, and honestly, how to attract and retain millennial and Gen Z talent. Right? How do you set your business up to attract the right kind of talent in today's world? Uh, and then I also um, do some, and you'll see this, I'll be running some programs for some organizations here in New York. I help out uh, and do run a lot of like, accelerator type programs uh, for different organizations. So my three buckets are the coaching, uh, the training, and then kind of the fun stuff with like program stuff, program design. Yeah, so don't be a stranger. Reach out to Rob. Uh, yeah. Make sure to engage if you if you wanna if you wanna befriend Rob. You get him on a podcast. Get him on a conference. Get him to help uh, on your startup acceleration program. Maybe you're a corporate looking for a trainer. The guy has a lot of energy. The has a lot of <laughs> practical tools and ideas he can share. So uh, hopefully it was it was a very practical and insightful episode for everybody. Once again, first episode from season three. 117, 117 episodes already. So That's thank amazing. you guys for being with us and make sure to let us know how did you like this episode? If it was meaningful, share with a friend, let us know how you feel and see you once again next week for a very special episode. We're going to be having a celebrity on the show. So stay tuned. Next week, Heather Mills is going to be here with us. So yeah, stay tuned. See you next week on productivity mastery thank you ciao thank you guys for listening make sure to subscribe to my monthly newsletter by visiting stoyaniankov.com and also learn about the perform methodology and the perform book as well as our various personal and team coaching offers stay tuned and keep performing <laughs>